the horse lease had two daughters crying, give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not, it is enough. The grave and the barren wound, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. We have noted four great evils that are characteristics in this book. Verse 11 says, There is a generation that curseth their father, doth not bless their mother, they're rebels. They are self-righteous. As God said in verse 12, there's a generation that appear in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. They are full of pride, according to verse 13. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. Verse 14 says, There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. What I've just read describes the heart of a natural man. Only the searching light of God, word and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit can show us our weakness. Draws our hearts to tremble and reveal Christ as our only hope. The only hope that we have is through the Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalms 51, Psalms 51, notice with me, please. Psalms 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Verse 11 said, Cast me not away from thy presence and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Then we slip down to verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thy will not despise. We must realize where we would be today were it not for the grace of God. The apostle reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. 
God said, Knowing not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, or adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, or extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Thank God for verse 11. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. All of this group that we read, society may legalize it, your friends may encourage you, but if you are being controlled by any of those that are read, that's the heart of the natural man. Saved man will not do those things. We must realize where we would be today were it not for the grace of God. The Apostle Paul reminds us, you know, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 11. But such were some of us. We were. We were obedient, disobedient to our parents. We were self-righteous. We were proud and depictable. We were cruel and oppressed. Most of y'all know that I don't have any cable or all that stuff. I just got whatever my little antenna will bring me. But I watch every day, unless I'm sick or busy, I watch Bonanza. Bonanza is not one of my favorite shows because I've seen them at least two or three times. But I noticed one thing. Have you ever noticed something about those boys? They're all grown. But the dad says, son, don't go. Son, don't go. When the dad said, you shouldn't do this, you're not going to do this, get in the house. Yes, Paul. I'm sure that those that are in charge of that said, I'm glad you're on me TV and only people like Brother Vance is watching you. But that's the way it should be today. We don't honor our parents. I heard old Ben tell house one day. I don't care how big you get, boy. I'm your father. Well, we got a spiritual father. We got a spiritual brother. And the Holy Spirit has laid down in his word as I read all of these sins that even Christians are partaking in and saying, So well, so well what? So well, if you practice those sins, you're lost. You need a savior. God tells us, you know, here in 
1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 9 through 11 as we read. We were disobedient to our parents. We were self-righteous. We were proud and we were cruel and oppressed. But we're washed from our filthiness. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 6 or 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11 says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. A child of God that is saved should not practice any of those sins as listed in verse 9. And if we have family that has done it, we ought to speak out. But it'll cost you. Sometimes I wonder if I've got any kids. If my wife died and left me or if I died and left her, she'd be dead six weeks before the kids find out about it. But I love you, moms. See this big card I got you for Mother's Day? Come on, I'm preaching. Nobody wants to hear it. Man's heart can never be satisfied by the things of the world. Though proud and self-sufficient, man is never satisfied outside of God's grace. Never. Never satisfied outside of God's grace. I get a new car, I want a better one. I get a new house, I want a better one. I got new clothes, I want whatever's latest. It's always, it's just the way we are in the flesh. Not anything wrong with it. That's what the flesh will do. The flesh will put you first and God get the leftovers. Like a leech, a greedy heart can never get satisfied. Instead of being satisfied, the selfish craving only multiplies. You know, the horse leech has two daughters. And both of them cries out, give, give. God, do this. God, do that. God, heal my mother. God, heal my daughter. God, heal my neighbor. Should there be a day when we just say, Lord, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I just want to sit at your feet and glorify your name. There are four things that the picture of the insatiable cravings of the depraved heart. They are the grave, the barren womb, the parched earth, and fire. Verse 16 in 1 Corinthians 6 says, Knowing not 
that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What, know ye not that he which joined to a harlot is one body? For two, said he, shall he be one flesh? But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So because of that, we need to flee fornication. Spiritual fornication and natural fornication. I don't have the right to look at another woman. I don't care how pretty she is, how sexy she is. I don't have the right to think, I wonder what that church would be like with all its games and toys and entertainment. I bet I would get into that. Sure you could if you haven't been born again. Sure you could if you haven't been taught the word of God. God said in verse 18, flee fornication. Many people don't understand that. You can, there is earthly, normal body fornication, body adultery. There's also spiritual adultery and spiritual fornication. Grave continues his mouth for fresh victims. When it comes our turn, we shall find the grave ready for us. Job said in Job 17, verse 1, My breath is corrupt, my days are extent, and the graves are ready for me. Though multitudes have been put in the grave since the fall, yet it is not full. It's waiting for more. Its mouth will not be shut up till the last enemy, death, is destroyed. And until God comes back, till Jesus appears in the eastern sky, there will be death. When he appears, Sister Henrietta, I'm going to be up. You know. What I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the day I can get up and my heart doesn't flutter. I don't have an extra beat. That I've got to watch how I walk down the steps or how I walk up the steps. How I could run. That day is coming because I'm going to get a new body. New body! Heart of man, like the grave, can never be satisfied with the things of this world. Look with me in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 27 and verse 20. 
God said in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 20, Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. As long as we're in this flesh, we desire something else. A little bit more of that, a little bit more of this, because our flesh is our enemy. It's our enemy. The barren womb eagerly covets blessings. This is illustrated by Rachel's barren condition in Genesis 31. Hannah desired to bear a son in 1 Samuel 1, 6 through 11. But the barren womb is a symbol of lust which is never satisfied, whether it be a lust for riches, honor, or sensual pleasures. We go on vacation. We take a three days, four days, five days. When we get back, we say, praise God, it was good. I wonder when can we go again. That's just the flesh. I'm not saying something wrong with it. But see, you can never satisfy the flesh. So we need to change the way we pray. God, why I've got the strength, why I know who I am, and we may life at that matter, but y'all seen the advertising where the man's got his glasses up here, and he asked his wife, you seen my glasses? And he said, oh, it's in the car. I've had my glasses on and looking for them. Does that mean I'm nuts? Well, maybe. But this body is my enemy. I've got strength. I've got ability. I've got knowledge to do the things that I want to do. But when it comes to the things of God... I don't have the strength, I don't have the ability, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. The parched earth can never get enough water. The heart of man is like the parched ground that soaks in the abundance of rain, but it's a little while once and more. This is a symbol of wicked men who drank up iniquity like water and yet are never satisfied. Fire is never satisfied. It will burn as long as it has combustible matter to devour. Such is the fire of the divine wrath, hellfire, which is unquenchable, everlasting, and burns forever and ever. The rich man is still in hell and he's still burning. The rich man is still wants that drink of water. Oh, I know there's some that teach you go to hell and they burn burns up and that's it. No. Luke 16 said, In hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment. 
He still can see because he's seen Abraham afar off. That's one of the worst things will be about hell. You'll see what's going on in glory. And you missed it. The parts earth can never, never be satisfied. This is a symbol of our corrupt desires of sinners which are never satisfied. The sinner will devour everything he can get his hands on and still desire more. His ungodly lusts and desires like the ever-present craving of a drug addict. Never fully realized. Now, the reason a preacher would say something like that, we got to handle our weaknesses by staying away from it. Satisfaction is found only in Christ. The Lord made us for himself and we will never find satisfaction outside of Christ. I told a friend of mine who lives down the street there on Elderberry, you will never be satisfied with the things of this world. It only takes Christ. It doesn't mean you don't want finer things. But do you think that you get what you want and you'll never want anything else again? No. This flesh is wanting, wanting, wanting. And the spirit is being starved to death. Because it is the spirit. When it's fed the word of God. When it's fed with communication with the Lord. See the true satisfaction is found only in Christ. Listen to this statement. The Lord made us for himself and we will never find satisfaction outside of Christ. It's like a man or woman being unfaithful to their wife or husband. Go out and find a strange man or a strange woman Never satisfied. Never. We can only be satisfied sexually with the husband or wife that God gave us. But you say, preacher, but at least I, uh, I get away from it. You want to get away from the world? 
Read this. Read this. Make you a prayer list. Pray for it every day. One of the sisters made us this list for all of our members. I got this list of every member. But also on the back of that list, I've got people that I know that's lost. He said, well, preacher, I've told them how to be saved. Are you going to put your tomato plants out and a hot sun comes? Are you going to water them or not? You don't water those plants? The Lord has delivered the believer from ungodly lust. First Timothy. First Timothy. Notice what God says. When we look at the word of God and we see the Lord and what, how he blesses us and how he tells us what to do. And we look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. God says this. But godliness with contentment is great gain. That's hard, isn't it? So, one or two o'clock, whatever time Bonanza comes on and I don't have anything else to do, I sort of watch Bonanza, but I could turn over the channels and I'd call these, uh, one of the those filthy little things that happens day after day, they call soap opera. That stuck in my mind because I was in the hospital for 41 days when I had an infection in my body. And when I went in and I just so I could know where I was, this couple was going to get married on this soap opera. When I left the hospital 41 days later, they still wasn't getting married. But this fleshly entertainment, this is spiritual entertainment. I've asked the church, I've asked everybody that I've talked to, I said, read a chapter of Proverbs a day, a chapter of Psalms a day. In 30 days, you'll have the Proverbs read, you'll have 30 chapters you know, and then you start back over and read Proverbs again. You start where you left off on Psalms. And you know what you'll do? You will have read the book of Proverbs and Psalms all the way through. For wisdom, you need the Proverbs. I can't tell you how many times I've read the book of Proverbs. It's a counselor. 
It tells the wife what she's supposed to do. It tells the husband what kind of husband he's supposed to be. It tells the children. It tells us what we should avoid. But it's so boring. Talking to God is boring. True salvation with peace of mind is the greatest of all riches. This does more to promote true happiness than worldly wealth can ever do. Proverbs. When we look at Proverbs 15, Proverbs 15, Let's look down at verse 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. You know what a lot of people that's living on Social security alone, that's all they got. They brought home from the groceries this past year, and it's getting worse every week. That's what they need, not what they want. What can we do about that? Every Baptist that is saved in the will of God ought to vote for a man or woman instead of voting for an R or D. We need to learn to be content with that the Lord gives us. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter six, verse seven. God said here, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts with wrong men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou also 
called, thou art also called, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. We bring nothing with us into the world, and we take nothing with us when we leave the earth. Job 1.21. To show you how foolish some people are. I know at least one person has seen that at a funeral home because they told me. But I went to a funeral a while back just to see the body and they had this lady laid out with a fifth of liquor in her arm. You know what that tells you? You'll still trade that stuff after you're dead. But that fish will never go to the grave. See? I was also at another funeral. And the lady laying in the trough and the daughter took off us. Two chariot rings, placed it in her mom's hand and said, you can give it back to me when we get to heaven. That rain never entered heaven. Personally, I don't believe it ever left the funeral home. But I don't know that. But why would people be so unlearned Nothing of this world can enter heaven except a Christian that has been blood-bought, sanctified, glorified. But see, the greed of the body never stops until its last breath is taken. We need to learn to be content with what the Lord gives us. First Timothy, as we just read here, we bought, brought nothing into this world and it certainly we can carry nothing out. The desire to be rich leads many to misery and self-destruction. And before anybody gets the wrong impression, there's nothing wrong with having wealth. Nothing. But it won't give you a better place in glory. The believer has been weaned from the old indulgence, disciplined under the Father's yoke, and satisfied with his love. Satisfied with his love. As we close, turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. In Christ we find that which answers every demand. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. 
God said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be abound and to suffer need. Verse 18. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephratus the things that were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable well-pleasing to God. In Christ, we find that with everything, every demand, every supply, and satisfies every desire. It's when we get in the flesh that we get in trouble. It don't mean you're a bad person. It just means if you're lost, you need to be saved, and if you're saved, you need a closer walk with the Lord. Just a closer walk with thee, O Lord. Just a closer walk with thee. As a song leader the piano strum. If God has spoken, Come to help. Let's all stand, please. Turn to page one forty five.